Hey, Nelson Alcoholic Addict. That's not my real name. That's a pen name that I came up with here for my newsletter. When I did step one, I had zero disagreement. No part of me wondered if I could drink or do drugs anymore. I knew. I can't. The answer is I can't. I was ready. And I'd come to believe with 100% certainty, 100% of my mind, of my heart, everything. I believed that I was powerless over alcohol and that my life was unmanageable when I drank or did any sort of drugs or alcohol. The only part of step one that was a little thorny for me the first time through was the concept of accepting the fact that I need to go to any lengths to stay sober. Because I wanted to half-ass it. I wanted to just dip in and out of the program. Um, But I realized pretty quickly that if I didn't live and breathe recovery, the same way I lived and breathed addiction, then I wasn't going to make it. And so I went to my first meeting, and I've been sober ever since. It's a beautiful thing. The really interesting thing for me was when I went through the steps my second time, um, and it came along at a point um, when I really needed it in my recovery, too, that I started the steps over again. Because as I've said before, I believe that the steps are tools we'll use the rest of our lives, that you do them over and over again, Um, not just once, and you get your degree and you're done, you know? So I did it for the second time, a few years into sobriety, and my life had improved dramatically. I didn't have any significant cravings anymore. Life was good. Uh, But as I went through step one again, and I applied the concept of unmanageability and powerlessness to the other parts of my life, I had a pretty stunning realization, which was, I remember thinking like, oh my God, it's all unmanageable. And I am powerless over pretty much every single thing that happens in the world, not just alcohol, not just drugs. And that's a funny thought that you hear periodically from sober people. But when I did step one, it, it, it just it went in my ears and it sank into my soul and I didn't just think it. I believed it. I actually knew, oh my God, it's all (laughs) powerless over everything. And I had a few minutes where I got panicky because of what that meant. It's a pretty mind-blowing concept, right? Um, It meant that I was powerless over my kids, my job, my wife, my car, traffic, traffic, (laughs) every airplane I've ever been on, the weather, climate change, whether our monetary system collapses or not whether my 401k does well, everything, you know? I read recently that, um, you know, statistics that at Yellowstone, I think eight people had been killed by grizzly bear attacks at Yellowstone National Park, and seven had been killed because a tree fell on them. And it's just like, wow, like, do you check every tree to make sure it's not going to fall on you? (laughs) It's crazy. It really, you know... And it really hit me when I started thinking about my my body, the fragility of the human body. Like, none of us control whether our, our heart is going to keep working. I, I can't really, I, I can do certain things to minimize my chances of getting cancer or other diseases, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to get them. My knee could give out on me. Like, how do you think you control whether your knee ligaments stay intact? I mean, a few million athletes would probably say, yeah, guess what? You don't. So when I remember that, a funny thing always happens. I, I kind of like, I give up trying to work angles. I give up trying to convince people of stuff. I give up 
trying to squeeze my will and my personality into every situation. And I just cruise along and I'm happy and I'm free. And it's, it's still pretty mind-blowing, the idea that by surrendering, you find freedom. But it's so true, isn't it? It's contradictory, but it's true. God, it helps to even say it out loud now. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share.